Yo, yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 13 of the Broken Tables podcast. Uh, tonight, we are going to be doing a uh, weekly review of what's going down in the world of wrestling. Get to the correct screen here so we can get Rome included in on this one here. How you doing tonight, Rome? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing excellent, man. Had a freaking awesome week of wrestling. Um, fantastic day today of day off. You know what I mean? Uh, we got lots of good news from Big E today, you know what I'm saying? But we'll get into that later. Yep, absolutely. So, yeah, let's get into it. Uh, we're going to go over what went out, went down this week. So uh, what do you got for us first? All right, so first on the news docket, uh, as you said, we had an update on Big E. Obviously, last night on SmackDown, he had a serious injury concern, um, a bad suplex where he landed on his head. He was stretchered out. Um we, you know, it was a real scary scene. I caught it this morning and was very concerned for him. Um, you know, listen, we, I, you know, we both have our issues with uh, WWE, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we have issues with the wrestlers over there. Um, Biggie is a super talented guy, always really entertaining. Um, just wishing him well. Hopefully, he is on the up and up, which. Luckily, we got some good news today um, that it seems like he will not require any type of surgery or really have any serious long-term damage, um, which for the kind of injury it is was a was a real great thing to hear. I mean, if there's a – I don't like to say it, but if there's a perfect way to break your neck, um, he, he found it. You know, I mean, no damage yeah. other than just two cracked vertebrae, no nerve damage, no ligament damage. I mean – it's a, it's, it's the best you could have hoped for with a broken neck. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it was, it was a really nasty looking bump. I caught the video again this morning and you know, it's, you hate to see it, you know, you know, that's, that's how pro wrestling works, man. And it's how yeah. it goes. And I was hoping to get your opinion on this. I didn't want to like post anything on Twitter just cause it's a very sensitive subject, but the amount of gifs or gifs that I saw of people making that him falling on his head, that really actually bothered me. Like I actually really wanted to like start messaging people like, dude, take this shit down. You know what I mean? Like, what do you mean? Like in a, in a funny way or just like a show? No, they were just, way? people were just posting it with like no words. You know what I mean? It was just like on someone's Twitter feed and it was just a gif of it. Not no words to it. Just, a repeat of it. You know what I mean? And I'm like, man, I don't want to see this over and over and over on repeat. Like, you know, yeah, like, I, I don't I know. Think, it just bothered me to see so many different people were actually posting that. I think context is everything. Um, I mean, if there's people making light of it, I could see it bothering you. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, you got to remember that not everyone spends their whole day going through their social media feeds. Yeah, so, I true. mean, I, I don't think it's the biggest deal in the world if people are sharing it. I mean, it's, it's a beloved wrestler who got seriously hurt. Um, so, I mean, I don't think that's the biggest deal. I will say this, though. Um, and it, it's a con extreme concern that I have uh, moving forward with WWE, especially with the direction they're going. So, I don't know if you saw this, but last night, Taz, you know, shout out to, to Taz, love Taz, um, was tweeting about this. And he said, and I quote, I've said it many times over the years. Suplexing is all about proper technique tr and training, not strength. Prayers to Biggie. Oh. Um, and I think this is 100% the, 
great point. I mean, and this is Taz. This is the guy that went down as as the human suplex machine. That's what he was known as. Mm-hmm. So if, if I'm going to listen to the expertise of anyone about suplexes, it's it's going to be Taz. That's exactly what I was going to say. If I was going to listen maybe to anybody, like, it'd be him. Yeah, with like Kurt Angle as like a close second. But it's like... I So I have a real concern for the future of the Fed, or more so the, the talent in the Fed. So we've made it clear, they've made it clear, that they do not want professional wrestlers in their company. They want to go to the NFL Combine and and scout guys. They want to go to these, you know, pro athletes, these college athletes, and they want to bring them in. Um, is do you think that's dangerous? Do you think that like the lack of the lack of focus on the on the reality, which no matter what they say sports entertainment or not, you know, they are operating in the, in the reality of professional wrestling. Do you think that it could be detrimental to the health of their, their superstars in the future? Like to not have that, that, um, that balance. Yes, I kind of actually do because let's say they start dipping into the pool of uh, college football, right? That's a violent sport where you're not, you don't have any sort of uh, like limiters against you other than a few rules. You know what I mean? You can hit someone full force as long as you're doing it within the rules. And without, you know, years of training in a ring, man, I just don't know. But then we got enigmas like this kid, Nick Wayne, he's 16 years old in a ring having great matches and people are trusting him. So I don't know. Maybe it is possible, but I I do see what you're saying. Like it is dangerous. Like they definitely need to make sure certain techniques are perfected with people before they even attempt them. You you know what I mean? On live television. Yeah. I mean, cause it's scripted. Sure. But it's not, it's not fake. Like these guys are doing these things to their bodies and this is coming from a place of concern, not a place of hating on WWE that, you know, it, they need to recognize that like these people need to be trained how to be professional wrestlers. This, this can't be, Oh, well, he's a great athlete. He'll figure it out. Or like, like, oh, yeah, it's a, it's a real concern. And like, I, I feel like they're going way too far one direction and maybe, maybe right now it's not something that's going to be an issue, but who knows? 10, 20, like 10, 15 years from now, when Mad Cat Moss is training rookies how to suplex, like, I, I don't know. And again, it's not a knock against the guy because mistakes happen and mistakes aren't exclusive to WWE in terms of in the ring botches. Like it happens everywhere, including AEW. And, but I just, I don't know. I mean, Taz's words kind of had me really thinking about it. And, yeah, you know, it's wild. It, it, you know, health of the wrestlers, no matter what company they're in, should be top priority. So I just, I hope that that doesn't become an issue in the future, and I, ho- I hope that my concerns are not valid. Uh, you know, I didn't even think about that, man. Like, like that in the future, a lot of these people are just going to be straight up college athletes. They're not going to be people who have dreamed to be wrestlers, you know. And right, like oh. I mean, we're wrestling fans, and we know, like, obviously, I've never gotten into the ring or been super, you know, been physical in the ring or anything like that but I still understand kind of how it works because I watch it and I've, you know, I, I respected the material and understand how the the industry works 
where you know so you you ducking your head, protecting yourself, stuff like that. College athlete who maybe watched WrestleMania one year and knows it's a way to make money, they might not put two and two together on that. Like I don't know, it's just it's very concerning, and I, I and we can't. You know, at the end of the day, the Fed's going to do whatever the Fed wants to do. You know, in spite of themselves, and yeah, I couldn't care less about that company, but I don't want to see people get hurt. I'm not. Uh, I'm not down. The, that. the more we're talking about it, the more I'm seeing what you're talking about, man. Like, I'm not sure how big of a like regular sports fan you are, but I'm like a four for four guy. Like all four sports I follow. Um, yeah. And each sport kind of has what we would call its own unwritten rules, you know. Exactly. So for somebody to just be a college athlete and to just join into this one year, that, that's where I do fear a lot of these unwritten rules are to do with safety. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's a concern. I, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, like yeah, like I would hate to see a baseball player just yeah. turn up in the NFL. You know. Yeah. Like or not an good. NFL player, like a legit NFL player, like Brock Lesnar tried to go to the NFL after he was a wrestler. You know what I mean? Imagine yeah. someone doing it before where he just thinks he can shoulder tackle somebody into oblivion after he sees Keith Lee do it, you know, but we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, best wishes to Big E. Hopefully yes. he quick, God. speedy recovery. Um, great dude. Heard nothing but great things about this guy, you know. Yeah. One, so. one more thing on this. I heard it's very similar to what happened to Kurt Angle. Um, and Kurt Angle came back in, what was it, less than three months, I believe. Um, uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, and they're they're saying that it's between three and six months for this. Like that, I would let him stay longer. I, I would actually, like, debut him back at next year's WrestleMania just to make sure he's legit, you know? I mean, I don't think they have the star power where they're going to want to keep him off the shelf that long. Yep, they're going to. Because at that point, out. you're talking a year. I don't know. I could see him being out six months. I don't know if they're going to let him be out for a year. Yeah. Watch him call Braun Strowman back in. <laughs> right. Um, control that narrative. Um, <laughs> all right. So next up, Matt Cardona is the yes. NWA heavyweight champion right now. You were able to catch the uh the title match of that ha- that aired on Friday even though it happened uh previously. Um what yeah. did you think of that match? That match was freaking fantastic. Um I got dude Cardona's the best one of the best heels in wrestling right now, man. I, I was about to say the best, but MJF's got him beat by a long shot. But this match, man, there was a lot of blood. Trevor Murdoch, um, I don't know if you noticed in NWA, they don't have pads on the outside of the ring. It's just straight concrete. And yeah, Trevor Murdoch's forehead look. just, bow, face first, busted him open so bad. He was bleeding everywhere. Um, I don't know if that was intended or not because he just got, he got thrown over the ropes and then just splat face first, you know. Uh. I don't think anybody expected Cardona to win that match. Um, I'm almost wondering if because of how Trevor hit his head, they gave him that belt because the audience didn't expect it. He looked like he didn't expect it. You know what I mean? Like when it finished, he had a shocked look on his face. Um, But celebration was awesome. He had his uh, wife, Chelsea Green, in there. Some giant dude I've never seen before. (laughs) Yeah. It was good. It was Um, a very good match. If anybody is interested i would say go see it it's free on the nwa channel and i need to go watch it work this the end of this week was 
taking up a lot of my time, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, no, I think Matt Cardona absolutely deserves to win this title. I think he, if you look at wrestlers who are not in AEW or the Fed, who are wrestling in North America, Matt Cardona is the number one. He's the number one wrestler in North America outside of the Fed and AEW. Um, and it's not even close. This guy is, you want to talk about people leaving WWE and like having a career renaissance. Like this dude had, didn't even need AEW. He's out there, you know, like you said, great heel, like just killing it. Like I'm so happy for this guy. Cause this is one of those guys that like, you know, in the fed, when I was a WWE fan, Zack Ryder was like one of my guys. I had like three or four guys and I will, I'll go more in depth with this whenever we choose to do this podcast that we keep telling stories about why I feel the way I do about that company. Um, but like there was a few years there where I had like a core group of guys who they weren't the top guys, but I was so like, so into these guys that like, I just wanted to see them do well. And Zack Ryder was one of those guys, Yeah, you know, too. the broski gimmick, like was a complete, like it didn't even, it wasn't even a type of gimmick that would resonate with me. Like I hate Matt Riddle's gimmick. And I think that they're very similar and like in the same vein, not exactly, but close if you get what I'm saying. And like, yeah. but like, man, Zack Ryder just got so over with me and I couldn't help but like really get behind the guy. Um, And so to see him now, you know, Matt Cardone out there doing, doing all this great stuff, you know, having, getting the, the chance to tweet about how he has too many wrestling titles to carry around at airports. Like, like, I'm so fucking happy for this guy, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and he's defending the title against Nick Aldis um, next weekend. And I'm, I'm considering checking it out. I'm not 100% sure if I'm going to be able to yet or not, but like, man, good for him. Yeah, uh, we got Hook in the uh, chat right now, everybody. Um, he just had like 15 chats in here. So he basically said WWE is trash with their bookings. Um What's he got here? Uh, by the end of the day, AEW is professional wrestling. Agreed, Hook. Agreed. And the only thing yeah. professional wrestling in the E is NXT UK. I have not been able to get a chance to watch any NXT UK. Maybe back when Pete Dunne was in it, I did, but we got Butch now. Yeah, well, which we'll, we'll get into uh, questioning Fed decisions this week later yeah. on in the show. Uh, so stick around, Hook. We're we're going to be talking about that in a little bit. Um, all right. So Rampage was last night. Um, unfortunately, I watched it. I did not get to take a, really a lot of notes. Um, so let's do a quick little run. You know, what were your thoughts on Rampage? All right. So give me a quick one. Which was the first match that ran? I don't have that written down in front of me. Oh man, see, I, I watched it like an hour ago. It was the um the Mark Quinn Darby Allen match. Okay, yeah. So Darby Allen versus Mark Quinn. This match actually blew my freaking mind for a couple of minutes there. Um, Darby takes these spilling out of the ring over the rope spots, and he makes it look like a botch every time, and he makes it look like he died every time, and it is absolutely nuts. Um, and then the 450 splash from Quen. I don't understand how both of them can be okay after something like that. Like you saw the spot. He did a 450 splash off the top rope to the outside on Darby. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw that. It was great. He landed it perfectly. 
But my God, how both of them can be okay after that is a miracle to me. Like that, that spot is insane. Yeah, I thought it was all around like a really good night of wrestling. I mean, it, it Rampage continues to just be a really great show. Um, that match was great. The Mercedes uh, Mercedes Martinez uh, Jamie Hader match was great. Oh yeah, and you know Keith Lee QT Marshall was cool. Uh, Shane Swerve Strickland was awesome. Thought he was fantastic. That was the first match of his I've ever watched. I thought he was, thought he killed it. So good, um, both of them, him and Tony yeah. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then the the segments and the promos in between. I had a had a lot of fun with those. Uh, also, you know, the Hardy Boys making their entrance together was really cool. Yeah. Which we'll talk about them in a little bit as well. Loves the House of Black segment, and I really loved. And I'm so happy she's back. The Hikaru Shida segment yeah. i thought that that was a fantastic segment by sheeta her english is getting better by the week um especially since we haven't seen her for like two three months or whatever it was um i'm psyched that she's back and i'm you know yeah. ready to see her as she put it cut serena deeb's head off yeah that was a bang in promo by her um if you would have watched my live review i watched that live i was like yeah sheeta i was like that was fire um, but real quick, back to the Alistair Black's uh, promo. Um, I can't tell you exactly what he said that made me think this, because um, I believe he said, like, we're going to show the hero he may have some poison inside still. Um, are we going to see Alistair Black go after CM Punk? I could see that making sense. I don't know if now's the time for that yet. Um but it's well, possible. Uh, again, I didn't. I didn't get to take notes on this. It was just me. I knew we were podcasting tonight, and I yeah. finally got down. I got a chance to sit down and watch Rampage, so I kind of just watched it instead of taking notes. Gotcha. Um, well, if it didn't so pop I, into I, I your head remember... immediately because you're the CM Punk guy, maybe I'm just hearing things. But I thought he may have like subtly been referencing Punk in his promo. I think it's definitely plausible. Um, I mean. Punk seems like he wants to go after the title next, uh, and and Cole we'll see what happens. Punk. With him, right? Yeah, he is. So it's yeah. I don't know. It's possible. I mean, Punk was off TV last week. I would I would expect that we see him on Wednesday. Uh, I I can't see them not having CM Punk on for two weeks in a row. Yeah, and we know uh, we'll, MJF's we'll going to be there to interrupt Wardlow. Yeah, absolutely. Or um, fire Wardlow and have a 30-day no-compete clause, which would be the fucking funniest thing ever. Yeah, I think that would be pretty funny. Um, I really hope that's the way they go with it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I thought all around it was a great rampage. <clears throat> However, so, to the next point, there was one thing that they said on Rampage last uh, last night that really just irked me to death. So I'm sitting there watching. Do you know do you know what I'm going to say? I don't. Okay. So I'm sitting there, right? This was about 30 minutes ago before you got on. And I'm watching and they say the AEW Rampage next week will be airing at 11:30 p.m. Eastern Time. What? And I just put my hand over my face. <laughs> because of the uh it was because of the NBA. And I was just like, God damn it. Like, like we're def like, I don't know. I, I don't remember my work schedule is next week, but I was like, 
that's going to be a really tricky post rampage podcast. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't even know if I'm going to be up that late period. I don't um, even know if I'll do a watch along for that, man. <laughs> I know. And so the next thing I wanted to kind of discuss was like, let's, let's there talk about what, yeah. let's talk about rampage time slots. Cause we, we do that every few weeks and you know what? And I think you might've mentioned, I don't remember exactly if it's what you mentioned, but I'm a, I think what would be a great idea, especially with, with AEW's huge talent roster and whatnot. Let's get rampage on Saturday nights, six to eight. I yeah. think that's a great time slot. I think, or seven to nine. I think six to eight would be better. But I mean, Rampage I, is only one hour, right? But give us two yeah, hours. So, well, that's okay. what I'm saying. Like, let's get Rampage on two hours. It'll give you more opportunities to get guys on the sh- on the uh, yeah. on TV, and like You're better gonna... time slot. Because, like, I understand if you don't want to do if you don't want to go against SmackDown. I get it. SmackDown's been around for like twenty something years, thirty yeah. years, whatever. You don't want to do that yet. I completely understand that it's not time yet it will be someday but it's not now you know okay so then let's go saturday nights six to eight and here's the thing right like say they have a pay-per-view on a saturday night okay okay that's fine do that don't have rampage no i'm saying have a rampage but have a rampage on friday nights then gotcha or rampage can be your buy-in you know like it kind of was for revolution (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I I just think that there's so many places they could go with it, like that or or Thursday. And like, keep in mind, we don't know what the plan is with ROH, um, which we'll talk a little bit about ROH later on. But man, this Rampage thing, like, it's bad enough in its time slot as it is on Friday nights. Next week, I'm like, I mean, I'm sure they'll probably get like four hundred thousand, five hundred thousand people to watch it because they usually do when they go to those crazy time slots. I remember. Last year, I think Rampage went on at, I think even later than eleven thirty. I think it went on at like midnight the one the one time. You might be right. Um, actually, I think I remember that. I stayed up. Yeah, and, I was like, "This is bullshit," but I'm watching Rampage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it's just, man. I, I like. What, what do you think about time slots? I like your idea. Saturday from six to eight. Give us two hours. You'll sell the tickets to the show. I promise. I, I mean, you know what I mean? People pay, people go to see dynamite. People will go see rampage if it's live. And if it has its own show, um, I'll even, even do you one better. I'll even do you one better. How about this? So, you know, when we go to dynamite, they film elevation and yeah. then they do dynamite and then they do rampage. What if, and again, this would help more guys get on the roster instead of doing an hour of, uh, elevation two of dynamite one of rampage the wednesday tapings can be this it could be two hours of elevation two hours of dynamite and then the rampage tapings on saturdays can be the two hours of rampage and two hours of ring of honor i just spelled roh in the air while you were talking because that was literally what i was going to say next i absolutely agree with you um i, I would say get rid of elevation to be honest with you um it's an expense on the company uh i actually pretty sure it's an expense on them that they don't make almost any money from that so you said for dark or for elevation for elevation dark is good because it's at the, the studios you know what i mean um well no why would they get rid of elevation it's just it's just it's just a pre-show well what i'm saying I mean, is 
I agree with you with the Ring of Honor thing. Do Ring of Honor before both shows, and that would give Ring of uh, Honor a decent amount of content. So I disagree with it just on the matter of, like, the the goal of my plan is, like, so my plan has two points to it. Number one is to get AEW content into the best time slot possible. Number two is to make sure that as much of the AEW roster as possible can have a spot on programming, whether it be on YouTube or on TV. Um, So that's why I would not get rid of Elevation. I think Dark Elevation is very important to their brand. I think that it it lets their younger guys and their mid-card guys and the guys who are kind of just waiting for their next storyline to start to have something to do. Um, So I would absolutely not get rid of Elevation. And I'm also not saying just do ROH tapings on Saturday. Like maybe you do the two hours of ROH, you know, then, but maybe you also have like, I don't know, like just like a random TV taping every, because I don't know if ROH is going to still do the bulk, the way of doing things. Um, But, you know, that you could probably have an hour time slot for ROH on like Thursdays. Yeah. I just think that that's the best way to do it. Um, That's a lot of wrestling, man. It's a lot of wrestling. But I mean, they have the roster and they can keep it fresh. So, yeah. And the only reason I say, like, get rid of elevation, I don't really mean get rid of. I kind of mean all the elevation stickers off and slap Ring of Honor stickers on. That's kind of what I mean. You know what I mean? Um, That that really like lower level development. I think that's what they intend for Ring of Honor. So that's kind of what I meant. I understand. I I just I would keep it as two separate brandings. That's just me. Um, All right. So on to some other news. Uh, Miro signed an extension this week. Uh, He will be with All Elite Wrestling through 2026. Yeah, four years. That's nice. Yeah, I mean, that's I think it's great. And, you know, it's a testament again to the roster where this guy's been out nursing up an injury, you know, along with Kenny Omega. And yet, you know, the the roster's just fine without him. Imagine when he gets back, it's going to be great. Yeah. Now, hopefully... Uh, he brings his wife with him. I hope he brings CJ with him. Hope he brings what? His wife, CJ. Now, who is his wife? Oh, you you said Miro. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, when she comes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think he should bring her with him. Gotcha. For some reason, my brain just like switched over to Kenny Omega, and I was like, who's Kenny Omega's wife? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah. So, uh, who who do you hope to see uh, Miro feud with when he gets back? Um. To be honest with you, uh, Hangman. I think that would be a good challenger for him. I mean, or whoever has the belt after this Adam Cole Hangman feud. Um, I do think there's a small chance Adam Cole winds up with the belt if they have another match. But if not, I do think Miro should be next in line. Hmm. Just because he'll be really hot when he comes back. You know what I mean? The pop for him is going to be nuts. Yeah, I know. I agree with you. I think that would be really cool. And not necessarily give it to him, but just, you know, throw him in there, have him go destroy Hangman or somebody. Whoever wins that match, have him come out after the celebration. Right. All right. So on Wednesday, uh, worst kept secret in wrestling history, uh, Jeff Hardy debuted in AEW, and we got the Hardy Boys. Um, Just kind of wanted to kind of touch back on this and 
talk about how excited we are. I think that this is going to be an awesome run. I can't wait to see all the matches that the Hardys have with everybody. Um, Who do you think the first team that is going to be? So it looks like the first match is going to be Jeff Hardy and Darby Allen. Um, I think it's going to be private party. I think it's going to be them private party. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, it was funny because I saw something on Twitter the other day about uh, a match in ROH, I think it was, where it was the Bucks, the Hardys, and Rapungi Vice. Um, I would love to see that again. I would love to see that. That would be great. Uh, AEW is such a strong tag team roster, and it's such a like testament to the Young Bucks and because the Young Bucks are really kind of like the caretakers of the tag team division for the most part. And it's like, man, like what a stacked division like there is easily there's easily like five teams at any given point who it's totally believable that they should be the tag champions like five or six and now you got the hardys in there and they're going to have matches with every single one of them can you imagine the hardys versus mox and danielson you know, I can, I actually, so I actually had this kind of like fantasy booking, like, and, and I'll ask you the same question, but I might, I might take your answer. A tag match that I would love to see with the Hardys in it more than any other match. I would love to see the Hardys go up against a heel, Brian Danielson and a heel CM Punk. Okay. Just the levels of that stuff. Like number one, we got to, we got to touch on the CM Punk, Jeff Hardy. Uh, history at some point in AEW, like we have to. Yeah. When Punk turns heel, like there needs to be something where he just tears at Jeff Hardy. Um, would love to see those guys go at it again, and by an extension, I think that that would just be a really cool tag team. Now, obviously, Punk and Brian aren't a tag team right now, but you never know. I think eventually we're gonna see them kind of do some work together. Yeah. There's that so. picture, you know, it seems like uh, AEW likes to do these long-term storylines, obviously. So for them to take that picture of Punk and Danielson uh, from, you know, WWE, that'd probably, they might do it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, look forward to the Hardy Boys. Very exciting times. Um, small little news thing. Uh, Tony Chimmel was at AEW last week on Wednesday. Uh, he could possibly, there's some rumors going around that he might do some work for the company. Um, if you don't know who Tony Chimmel is, he was the ring announcer for SmackDown, mostly SmackDown, um, for most of the 2000, early two thousands. Um, and I think some of the teens too, don't, don't, uh, quote me on that one, but, uh, his, his most, uh, his biggest contribution was the edges rated R superstar, uh, introduction. Rated um, R superstar. Yeah, I like Tony Chimmel. I think he's from Philly. Don't like. I'm not 100 percent sure about that, but I think I heard somewhere he's from Philly. Shout I'm out not, to him if he is. Not sure either, but yeah, he's a decent announcer. Um, I'm hoping they're hiring him for like some Ring of Honor, maybe or something else, because you know. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I, I again, like with Ring of Honor coming up, they're gonna need extra guys because there's no one else under contract from Ring of Honor, so. You would have to assume that they're going to bring in an announcer and commentators and referees. Like, I would just assume that they're going to do that. Um, maybe maybe referees, they reuse AEW referees, but I don't know. It seems like they want ROH to kind of se- separate a little bit from AEW, so we'll see what happens with that. 
we'll um, see. but it's just something to keep in mind. Uh, all right, next up, uh, a, a higher up media. Uh, I'm sorry, a high up executive in Warner Media does not want the Briscoes to be signed in AEW due to previous homophobic controversial tweets that the Briscoes made from freaking 2013 that they've apologized for. You know what I mean? Come on. But AEW has multiple LGBTQ uh, wrestlers, so you know there's a chance that they actually consulted with them as well. Yeah, I, that that's kind of what I expect. Um, I mean, look, man, it's just it's not a good look. I mean, be 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 kind to one another. You know, like let's yeah. not let's not be shitty assholes yeah. to each other. Let's be human beings to each other. Um. Yeah, and, like, I am kind of, like, I've always been kind of, like, wary of the whole cancel culture thing, but at the same time, it's like, well, if you're being homophobic, that's kind of not good. Like, Yeah, I mean, in this sense, it's not necessarily cancel culture here. Like, you know how much I hate the whole cancel culture thing? I actually don't see that here. Um, I just see a company who, right away, they saw that, you know, when these guys were available— they just came down right away and they're like, Hey, listen, we don't, we don't want them here. So just don't even bother. And that was that, you know, they didn't uh, post it all over Facebook. They didn't post it all over Twitter trying to get everyone to hate them. They were just like, listen, don't even, don't even talk to them, you know? So I don't feel like they tried to do any sort of cancel culture here. It's just, it's a shame. We won't get to see that in an AEW setting. We're probably going to see it somewhere else, you know, because FTRs announced they're going to take indie bookings now. But it is what yeah, it is. Yeah, I kind of feel like that might be the the reason for that. Um, yeah, but absolutely. no, I mean, again, it's like you know, it's just a lesson to be learned, and it's a lesson that a lot of people in the social media age have learned. It's like, you know, don't be a don't be a shitty person. You know, yeah, don't say stupid shit online. People snapshot that shit immediately. You could delete it all yeah. you want, but it's there forever. Yeah, you go back on the way back machine. <laughs> you can yeah. find it. It's, it's there. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I mean, if you're if you're hoping for the Briscoes, do not hold your breath. You most yeah, likely will nope. not see them in AEW. Not gonna see them. Um. So you wanted to talk about this next one a little bit. So CM Punk did uh, some really cool uh, nostalgic stuff at Revolution. Um, he got shit for it. Why don't you uh, go ahead and you know air your grievance on this one? Yeah. So. A bunch of people had a problem with CM Punk using his music from Ring of Honor, uh, Miseria Cantaria, and that was his Ring of Honor entrance. People were like, I'm confused. I don't understand what's going on. This is from 20 years ago. What? And the very next night, Edge comes out to brood music with the blue light on, the purple light, whatever you want to call it dressed in a black suit. This was exactly what he did in 1998. But I didn't hear a peep out of anybody being like, I don't understand what's going on. And it just shows you that there's people literally just waiting for stuff to talk shit on AEW about. You know what I mean? And yeah, I think, I think there's a big, um, double standard. I think's the word. No, so I I know what you're saying. I think that there's a weird kind of um two there's there's two different mindsets, right? I feel like if you're an AEW fan, 
and you don't watch the Fed. I think that the you most viewers have reasons why. Yeah. You don't watch the Fed. Um whereas I feel like the other way around, I feel like if you watch the Fed and you don't watch any other company, not just AEW, I feel like it's more of a you hate it because it's not the Fed. Yeah. Like, let's be clear here. There was a point where I would have considered myself a WWE diehard, where I considered myself a lifer. If you had asked me like 10 years ago, like, oh, I'm a WWE lifer. I'm going to be a fan forever. Not this is that this is not no. the case. <laughs> it's not the case. You know what I actually think happened, and I think like you kind of helped me get there, is you know how there was the Monday Night Wars. So yeah. WWE won the war, right? So everybody put their torches down, and all of a sudden now, people created this new war that doesn't actually exist yet. You know what I mean? Because they're a brand new company. They're not trying to start any wars. They're purposely being on opposite time slots and opposite days. You know what I mean? But I still think all these WWE soldiers, we can call them, it's fine. They all picked up their swords and shields and pitchforks again. You know what I mean? So like, I think that's what happened is they think there's a war again and there's there's really not at the moment. Oh, absolutely. Like, I, you know, it's not a war yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll I, I have my opinions about the company, but uh, it's... I don't know, man. It's just, it's a hypocrisy. It's, you know, I can't tell you how many times I go on to like Twitter or Reddit or anywhere where there's people commenting on things. And it's just like a WWE mark saying how much they hate AEW, but they don't watch it. They don't watch the product. They don't know anything about the product. They just know that they don't like it. Whereas like if you, if a WWE mark were to sit down and talk to me, right. And they were to ask me, how could you hate WWE? I would have a lot to say. I would have a whole hell of a lot of things to say. But I don't think (laughs) Yeah, I but I don't think that the conversation would reciprocate. I I like to you know, I I just don't think that would be the case. I think that the WWE mark would be like, Oh, it's just all flips and shit. There's no substance and Yeah. All they have is stuff like you have a dinosaur. There's a dinosaur as your tag team champion. It's like, come yeah, on, but it's cool as hell. Bunch of indie rats, man. Like, I'm just like, what do you like? Like, again, like, clearly, like, I they would all say the same thing, which is why people call them the e drones. Like, yep. like, there's a reason for it. Okay. Like, like, I'm a mark. I'll tell you right now, I'm a mark for AEW, but I'm not sheep or blinded no. or like. Like we we sit here, we do these reviews every week. Yeah. AEW doesn't always get it perfect, but you know what? They fucking try, yeah. and they don't insult my intelligence, and therefore yeah. they get the benefit of the doubt. You know, there's stuff they do that we don't like, and we call them out for it. Like the Rosa losing to Britt Baker at Revolution, I still think that was the wrong thing to do. Um, even though we know we're gonna get the payoff here next week, like still, I think the better idea was at Revolution because. You know, it just, it made that the worst match of the night. You know what I mean? So, but, you know, we we give them their due critique when it's due. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Speaking of the Fed, 
it is now time for the the one of my favorite segments called Fed Blunders of the Week. We got to get like a little jingle. Got to get like a little jingle for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So two things kind of came to mind for me this week, and keep in mind, I don't watch the product. I probably would have more if I watched it at this point. Um. If I could stomach it. So. Dolph Ziggler, right? Dolph Ziggler is the NXT champion. And my initial thought was... Real quick, who has now held every major men's title in WWE? That's not true. He didn't win the... uh, Besides the the Universal, right? The Universal or the WWE. So does the WWE Championship not count as the World Heavyweight Championship because they, like, merge uh, them together? No, I would say they're two different titles because okay. the WWE Championship and the World Heavyweight title were two different titles at the time. Okay. Then he has not had an evolution. Okay. Yeah, so he has not held the WWE or the Universal. He's held the World Heavyweight, the NXT, Intercontinental US, and a slew of tag team titles, yep. I believe. Um, So... Earlier in the show, we were talking about like 10 years. Like, I had like this group of guys who I was just so into, right? And Dolph was one of those guys. When, like, there was a time where if you asked me my opinion on Dolph Ziggler, I would tell you I see Shawn Michaels. And like, straight up, you know, and yeah. you could you can critique me for it. Anyone can. I mean, that's just how I felt about the guy. I was really strong on the guy, 100%. really high on the guy. Hundred percent. Even before I see he too. won the, uh, the the world heavyweight championship against Alberto Del Rio, yeah. you know it was. So like, I want to be happy for the guy. I really do, but like, so what exactly is NXT then? Like, because it's supposed to be your developmental, but you're giving the world title to a guy who's been kind of riffraff in your company for the fifteen years at this point. Who the you know and who and he's definitely a guy who just kind of took the paycheck and pieced out like i mean and which is fine again you know make your money dude but yeah he got paid i don't know he's a guy that like i definitely have lost a lot of respect for over the last 10 years or so um he just kind of he's just kind of there doing nothing and now he's the nxt champion and it's just uh, it's very confusing for me because it's like make up your mind to what you end up you want nxt to be then like is it your developmental is it not you know it's like why is dolph ziggler your champion then yeah, like, what is the point of having him come down and beat the brand new big thing you got going? Now, when I say, cause, so somebody asked me this on, I think it was on YouTube, actually, in a comment section somewhere. They're like, how is Dolph Ziggler winning insulting our intelligence? And I was like, because it immediately tells you what's happening at WrestleMania. I'm like, you now know that at WrestleMania... Braun's going to beat him and take the title back and be a big star. And then, you know, the next year he's going to be brought up and he's going to be their next big star. Like they literally just told you what's happening for the next two years. And people are like, how do you know that? And I'm like, cause I, I've been watching for long enough to where I know <laughs> just yeah. like with and Pete like- Dunn, like I've been watching long enough to know he's fucked. You know what I mean? Like they specifically oh, said, we don't want professional wrestlers. And unfortunately for Pete, there's only one thing he's good at, and it's professional wrestling. I'm sorry, who? Oh, Butch, I'm sorry. <laughs> right, yeah. Oh, oh, Butch. 
And that's the second uh, blunder of the week from the Fed. Um, what? Yeah, I'm what? sorry. They dressed like, him up I like thought... one of the newsies from 1930, and they gave him the the bully's name, Butch. So, like, I was I was trying to sleep last night, right? <laughs> I'm sitting there, I because again, I had work I had work at my at my job at 5 a.m. this morning, and I'm I'm sitting there last night, Friday night. It's like 8:30, 8:45. I'm laying in bed, trying to fall asleep, sipping on a nice cold liquid death. Uh, and, you know, my phone buzzes, and I pick it up, and it's a notification from, from Fightful. And Sean Ross, Sean Ross Sapp saying, holy fuckballs, they really called him Budge, or Butch. Yeah. And I'm just like, what? why? <laughs> and And it's just like, you know, there was a funny quote. And I don't know if you've ever heard it because it's just it's a really funny quote. I I shared it with Forrest last night uh, where it's like it was when George W. Bush was president. And, you know, the saying, uh, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Yeah. Well, so I, you have to look it up later. After oh, I know this quote very well. Don't worry. Oh, you. Oh, so you oh, know yeah. it then. OK, so so Bush says like he tries to do the line and just completely fucking slaughters it says, well, he, well, he says something like the fool man can't get fooled again <laughs> yeah he's like fool me once shame 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 on you uh fool me twice yeah you, you, you can't you can't get fooled again yeah he's like, <laughs> like and that's the fed fans man they're like these guys these these guys man they just don't get it the guy after guy hero after hero they take your stars and they destroy them you know, and that's that was the final straw for me with the Fed. You know, I was tired of my heroes getting destroyed and ruined. So I stopped. And, you know, like, if you're still watching that product, I get it. Bless you know, you. like, there's a, there's a lot of legends in that. There's a lot there's a lot to unravel from, like, our childhoods and from like our pasts, you know, I remember really strongly again, being a, such a strong fan of that company back in the day. I remember going around, you know, doing the DX suck it. I remember, you know, I was a, such a huge DX fan. You know, I was, I loved Degeneration X, you know, yeah, the I fact do. that I'm sitting here in 2022 and you ask me who my favorite tag team is, and I'm not saying DX is in, it, it's insane. It's incredible to me. You know, if you had told me from 15 years ago or even 10 years ago that I wouldn't wouldn't believe you. So it's just like, like, stop giving this company the opportunity to let you down. Yeah. OK, like, just just stop. Just knock it off. Um, I'm kind of done with the with the Fed talk for right now. So uh, are you ready to move on? Yes, absolutely. OK, cool. Because it's not fun to talk about the Fed, but it's no. it's it's. We have a responsibility to to keep it real. I feel like you're on the Broken Tables podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to. All right. Back to some AEW stuff. So we uh, we did a review of Dynamite on Wednesday, and there was some pacing issues that we had talked about. Um, it was actually revealed that the reason for this pacing issue was William Regal. So William Regal actually went on much longer than he was supposed to. Yep. Uh, and, which, oh, go ahead. Sorry, good. I'm not only really mad about it. 
I think it's totally okay. I think the no. promo was beautiful. I thought it was amazing. I don't think anyone's really mad at him for it. It was just kind of a little note that I wanted to add on, yeah. um, kind of in defense of that second hour. It just it would have been more well paced if William Regal didn't take an extra like six or seven minutes, which is fine. Yeah, but they had the perfect opportunity to remedy this. Um, like, if they would have said to themselves, like, "Hey, if he goes over, we need to do this." The pack match didn't need to happen. So if they had just removed that pack match, um, I'm not sure who he even wrestled. Like, I I, I already forget. You know what I Wheeler mean? Wheeler Yuta. Um, he wrestled Wheeler Yuta. Yeah, Wheeler Yuta. That match definitely did not need to happen. They could have taken one minute of that and given an extra time to Regal. Um, and then they could have given the other, what was it, three-minute, four-minute match. They could have given that to the Hardy segment, which was also cut short, you know? Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, and I don't disagree with the critique. Um, I think that they were just trying to keep the show as true to the the card as possible. Yeah, need some the wrestling sheet. in there. I get it. Yeah, so I, I I understand it, but I just wanted to kind of mention that it was a little little note that I came across. Yeah, um, my travels Regal, on Twitter this week. You know, he he didn't have to apologize, but that just shows how good of a dude he is, man. He actually went out of his way to apologize to all of them in person, and then he posted it online. Like, listen, I should have been a professional. Like, that's as good as it gets, man. He's awesome. Yeah, class act, complete class. Oh, real for Mr. quick, Regal. real quick, while we're on the topic of Regal. Um, when he had spoke about his health, you know, people actually kind of panicked and thought he was like dying or something. He actually came out and said, whoa, 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 everybody. I've never been this healthy before. He's like, I was talking about a few years back. So calm down. So if anybody's yeah. still worried, he is good. He's in the best health he has been in. I think it's about five years now. Um, he had his problems in 2017 and 18, I believe, but he is doing well now. Uh, we should hear that on the Jericho podcast, right? Yeah, Talk apparently he's on Doc as Jericho, and they discuss it a little bit more. Apparently Meltzer kind of put uh, some unnecessary heat on it, saying that it seemed more serious than it was, but Regal's saying it's not the case, and I don't see why Regal would lie about it. It's his own yeah. health, and he literally talks about it on the podcast. So yeah, I had, we'll see. I had the same thought when he was talking about it. Like, you know, in a few years, my wife's going to be pushing me next to the sunny window. I was like, damn, what's wrong with him? You know what I mean? So. <laughs> he just kind of he, he cut a promo that's all yeah i think that the point of that promo and i didn't think much of it myself at the time but i guess a lot of people did where i just thought he was saying listen i've had a very destructive past that everyone knows about and you know that usually catches up to guys when we get a little bit older you know so yeah. that's kind of how i interpret it. i just interpret it as like hey look i've made some poor mistakes in my life that will in the long run uh, you know affect my lifespan so yeah. that's just kind of how I took it. I didn't take it as anything like, oh, well, I'm like dying or anything. No, yeah. And um, dude, I think we see Regal in the ring again. They we'll were, see. They moved him out know. of the coaches section on AEW into the active roster. I saw that. I don't know yet. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. Imagine a trios match. Mox and Danielson beat the shit out of somebody and just hand him to him. He gives him a couple chest slaps and tags out. I see it. Yeah, maybe. We'll Listen, see. It'll be fun. We'll have fun with it. If Sting's going through tables from the fucking top floor of a mezzanine or whatever you want to call that tunnel, I think he could at least have a match. Yeah, you know, that's a fair point. But I don't know what his health problems were. We'll have to wait till after. If it was like heart stuff or lung stuff, then obviously probably not. Yeah. 
we'll see. Let's yeah, just enjoy the ride. God, if I saw him in the ring again, I would, mar- bro, I'd mark out so hard. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> I'd freak out. Um, all right. Next up on the news, we have Tony Khan will be booking both AEW and Ring of Honor, starting yeah. with the Super Card of Honor on April first. I'm concerned. I'm only concerned if he, you know, isn't constantly uh, having to to do this with the Jaguars and with Fulham Football Club. So, like, I understand he's the owner of all of them, but he needs to hand the football club off to someone and hand, you know, both football clubs off to someone and run these two day-to-day if that's what he wants because those two brands are already built. Those brands have massive fan bases already. I mean, the Jaguars could use a little more, but he doesn't need to focus and build that. So if he's trying to do this, he needs to focus on these two. See, I think that I think I don't think he should do the booking for ROH. I think that he should have overall final say, and I think he should definitely be like in the loop and like have a have a voice and be like the like he should be what Vince should be for the Fed for ROH. Like at this point, like you have a creative team, you know, they're doing their stuff. They're not doing a very good job about it. Yeah. But, you know, like he should have a presence. He should step in when he feels the need to. He can have some ideas. He has final say. But I say give someone else the reins, you know. And I can think of a few guys who I would give the opportunity to, you know. What about Dustin? Let's give Dustin Rhodes the opportunity. If the Cody thing isn't a work, and we'll talk about Cody at the end of the show, you know, if it's not a work and he's not going to Ring of Honor, like, let's put Dustin there, you know. Why not? Like, there's other guys, too. William Regal could do it. Um you know, like if I sat down and really thought about it, I could probably come up with like four or five other guys or girls who would deserve the opportunity to run Ring of Honor. And it's just like, yeah, I would give it to one of them. I yeah. again, this isn't a concern in the terms of quality on Tony Khan, but I really don't want Tony Khan to get burned out. I really don't. And the guy, like you said, he's running a, a an American football cl- club. He's he's running in a a European or whatever football club, soccer, whatever. He's running now two wrestling promotions. I just don't want the guy to to get burned out. Like, I really don't. And, you know, some people live life that way and they're fine. And if he can do it, like, if he can do it and nothing dips in quality, then I'm all for it. But, like, man, just, I would say just control ROH from afar. Let it kind of be its own thing. Yeah, I mean, we'll get, we'll get to it later, but I actually think he's just saying that for now and somebody else is going to run it. We'll talk about that later. Probably, you know, again, taking it at face value. Yeah. Um, all right. So next up, viewership numbers are in for a AW uh, Dynamite last uh, Wednesday on TBS. They finished the night at nine hundred and forty five thousand viewers with a 18 to 49 demo rating of point four. Um, so the viewership did go down. By about two percent. Um. The demo was up 12%. Dynamite, you know, despite being down in viewership, uh, which right now it's very understandable just because of world events. It's very, like, right now the world is very news heavy. Um, um, And, you know, and the NBA, just so many other things going on. You know, it's understandable for the viewership to be down. But despite that, Dynamite was ranked number one in cable on Wednesday. Yes. And now let me explain to some of these 
the e-drones, I guess we call you guys. Um, if any of you happen to be watching and haven't left by now. <laughs> so when the, when the ratings go down 2% and you guys get all happy, like, ah, look at that. You couldn't even match last week's. The overall of all television viewing in a giant, huge bubble was down. And they were still number one over Tucker Carlson, which is almost always number one over two NBA games and another news show. I can't remember who the other one is. It's probably, probably that dude on CNN. Um, I forget his name, but either way, they were number one, best number one show. And if that just means that their ratings were down from last week, that is overall TV was down. You know what I mean? So it's not AEW had less people watching. They, Technically, they may have had more people watching that you know weren't watching the week before. It's it's kind of a weird, weird catch twenty two. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, so an interesting uh, little fun fact about the demo going up, it was actually driven by women. Yeah. Um, females eighteen to forty nine was up by twenty percent uh, compared to the median of the prior four weeks. So I mean that's that's a big jump there. So that means twenty percent of the f- female audience, you know, it went up by by twenty by a fifth. That's yeah. that's a pretty substantial uh, gain there. Um, people don't realize, but the demo is what's most important, and AEW is constantly killing it in the demo. And you know, you might you know for those. Again, I don't think there's any Fed drones left, but if you're asking yourself, well, what do the demos matter? It should be total viewership. The demo is important because it shows the future trends. If you have the demo now, then you're set because you're showing that young people are watching your show and enjoying your show. WWE, you look at their ratings and their demo is the 55 plus demo. And, you know, not to be negative, but what you got the 55 plus what are they doing 20 years from now probably dead (laughs) i just figured it out now with the whole edge and cm punk thing you just made it make sense so the wwe you know their median age is what 55 60 of their average viewer yeah so those dudes didn't much older they didn't watch ring of honor right so they see cm punk's old entrance and they're confused out of their minds but the 65-year-old audience, they were watching 30 years ago when Edge did that same entrance. So, okay, I see how they understood now. The- yeah, I mean, possibly. I mean, ignorance is bliss, they say, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but so the demo matters because, it's yes, it shows you the future trends and it shows you what advertisers, where they're going to go. Because apart from Domino's, Everyone wants to advertise on shows like AEW because of the demo, because of how great the demo is. You know, they, yeah. yeah, it's just marketing, man. Demo, the demographic of eighteen to forty-nine, they're the ones who buy everything. You know, they're like they're they're the people that TV caters to, that the world caters to. To be honest, if you're younger than eighteen, you don't have money. If you're older than forty-nine year old <laughs> you know it's kind of it's just the way that the world looks at at age you know yeah so it's like you know it's what it the is adverti- but- when people say oh the demo doesn't matter and i'm like you can't say that when that is the only thing that matters to advertisers 
They're literally yeah, like, so what funny. number are you in the demo? Okay, you're getting paid this much for our commercial. Like, that's how it works. Uh-huh. So, you know. Absolutely. You tell the professionals it doesn't matter. Go for it. <laughs> right. Um. All right. So, uh, going to play a little game with you, Jeff. Let's do it. Let's see how you do. Uh, so, who right now is the uh, TNT champion? TNT champion. I got a picture of him up on my screen right now. It is Scorpio Sky. <laughs> oh, okay. And uh, Scorpio Sky was he ever in the uh, in the Fed in a, in terms of a like a roster capacity? I don't think he's ever even graced in an NXT roster. No. Okay. Okay. Who's the TBS champion right now? That would be my favorite female wrestler in wrestling at the moment, Jade Cargill. Okay. Has she ever been in, in the Fed? No, she actually told them uh, no before she came to AEW, which is why I like her even more. Interesting, interesting. Um, who's the tag team champions in AEW right now? Tag team champion? That's crazy. I just happen to have a picture of them as well. Uh, that is going to be Jurassic Express. I got their shirt up here in front of me. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. And have and have either of them been in the Fed? I'm going to be honest, and I think Luchasaurus graced NXT, and they rejected him after like a month. But other than that, they are okay. not WWE guys. No. Okay, and who? You're doing great so far. You've you've answered every question correctly. You're you're getting all the points. Who who's the women's champion in? AEW right now. That would be Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. And apart from her being Adam Cole's girlfriend at an NXT event, and, you know, a squash match has an enhancement talent, has she been in the Fed? Nope. Okay, okay, okay. La last question. Well, you know, second to last question. Who is the AEW World Heavyweight Champion? That would be the hangman, Adam Page. Okay, okay. And um, has he ever wrestled in World Wrestling Entertainment? I don't think he's even thought about it. Okay, okay. All right, last question, Jeff, for all the marbles. Double or nothing, you know? Are you ready? I'm trying to think if there are any more champions, but you go for it. Are there any champions in all elite wrestling that are not homegrown talent and have never you know been in wwe well let me see if my friend uh i wish was my friend ref aubrey can help me with the answer here and that would be no so i like Sorry for the long bit. This probably went on a little bit too no, long. No, this is good. But I love it. The, the thought, you know, the, the critique that AEW just pushes WWE guys. They just sign all these former WWE wrestlers and, and just make them the stars of the company. Nope. It's, it's obnoxious. It's absurd. It it's completely absurd. They're obviously used to enhance their talent. Right. Like, and here's the thing, right? Like we, we've talked about it. There's, 
it's okay for the wrestlers to go work somewhere else. Like just because you work for WWE doesn't mean you're damaged goods or or garbage. You know, like you're allowed to go work again. You, it's not like, oh, okay, well my career's over. I I had my my run in the Fed. Now I just go sit by the phone and wait for John Lauren Ice to call me so I could show up in a fucking gimmick battle royale at WrestleMania. Like. Like it doesn't, it doesn't always like it doesn't work that way. Like these people can go out and work and have lives and have careers after working there. People power, right? Oh, God, I hate that guy. Yeah, I know. Anyway, so it's like I just wanted to kind of make a quick little thing because I tweeted about this on the official uh, podcast Twitter earlier today. It's just, hey, listen, like stop, stop that, stop making this outrageous critique that just because some WWE stars wrestle in AEW now, that doesn't mean that the only stars in the company are WWE guys. Yeah. You don't watch the product. So you only know the WWE guys that that's ignorance. Don't, don't, uh, don't get that twisted. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to something a little bit more positive. I, so uh, Paige Van Zant, who signed her AEW contract on Wednesday on the ass of Ty Conti, um, did an interview with ESPN, and uh, I was just going to kind of quote a little bit of it. I thought it was uh, I thought it was a pretty good, interesting interview. I definitely recommend you go and read it. Um, just kind of like long story short, like she seems like she's legitimately like psyched to be here and psyched to be wrestling. Nice. Um, let me see if I can get the quote. She, I know they're sending her down somewhere to train like in North Carolina or something, right? Um, probably to the factory. I would assume Yeah, the nightmare think, factory. That is, I think they said some like South Carolina wrestling Alliance or something weird like that. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but so anyway, so she was asked about why she wanted to get into wrestling. And she said, this is a direct quote. The more I got involved, the more I loved it. I just realized I was meant to be a part of this show. I wanted to be one of the wrestlers for them, and I knew I would be really good at it. Um, she was asked about her training. Uh, she said, my only frustration so far with my whole pro wrestling journey is I would show up and I said, hey, I want to jump off the ropes tonight. I want to slam someone through a table tonight. Shout out to our podcast. Someone is getting slammed through a table. They're like, uh, you should probably train first. My only concern is they don't let me do the crazy stuff right away. I want to go in there and I want to do all the crazy stuff. I want to be fully immersed. I'm sorry. I want to fully immerse myself in this world. End quote. Nice. I think that like that quote right there is just everything like that. You want to hear from someone. This is not, this is not a college football player like oh i could make millions of dollars and be set for life and i don't even have to really do anything like no this is someone that wants to go out and do this and be one of the guys or one of the girls whatever you want to say and like they just want to be part of it and like that's fucking beautiful dude if she gets good at this i actually think she saw ronda get into this and Ronda sucks at wrestling, by the way. Like anybody who enjoys watching Ronda and WWE, I, I'm sorry, but it's not good. Um, I actually think she's going to be a way better version of Ronda Rousey in the ring. 
I agree. Um, yeah, I, so, you know, it, it's a good interview. I recommend you go read the whole thing. Um, it was a good read. Man, I hope Rhonda doesn't w- wind up watching this one day. She did retweet us a couple times. Sorry, Rhonda. See, I don't think I don't think Rhonda's too bad in the ring. My biggest issue with Ronda Rousey is like more so her mannerisms outside of her wrestling. Yeah. Well, she was very it's, angry with the crowd yeah, for turning on her last time, and she didn't realize like that's just how it goes, you know. Yeah, I just I don't know. I, again, like I don't really have an issue Sorry, with her in ring stuff Sorry. as much as her out of ring stuff. All right. All right. Um, Code Watch 2022. Okay. So Monday Night Raw is going to be running out of Jacksonville on Monday. Um, a vibe check. How, uh, how are you feeling about Cody possibly being on this show? So... I went from a, there's a 0% chance he shows up there. That's where I was last week. Um, I was basically like, he is not showing up in WWE. I don't care what you guys say. But with all of the things that have been happening, I think it is plausible that the E this week, I don't think anything was happening before this week. Like, I think where I stood last week was actually where Cody stood as well. But I think with all the stuff going on, especially with Big E getting injured like this, I think they are going to throw a ridiculous amount of money at him to get him to come. Um, And I don't know if he'll be able to say no. You know what I mean? But I've gone from about 0% to like 25%. I think he might actually show up on Monday. So, kind of in the same vein as you, I think if you're if it's gonna happen, they're gonna want to do it in Jacksonville. They're gonna wanna they're gonna wanna take that knife and they're gonna wanna try to put it through the AEW fans' chest. Um, and for, like for me, it's a it's a totally somber thought. It's it's something that really uh really bums me out when I think about it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I follow Tranquilo Club. Um and he's pretty much in the same way. You know, we're like he's a big Cody fan. I'm I'm a huge Cody fan. I love his his Cody memes um about Cody leaving. He said uh the other day he responded to Cody's tweet. He said my camera roll feels empty without you. And I felt that. <laughs> <laughs> um man. And- Brandy uh, right now, I'm at a, I'm at a 35 percent chance that Cody shows up on Raw in Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, and it could just be, you know, the stress of you know where like what's going on, the unknown that's making me kind of get a little antsy about it. Um. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't want to see him there. I think. I think it's a black yeah. eye on his on his legacy, and it's something that you can't wash out, even if you know. Unless again, he's really playing this long game where like he uses it. Like if he, if like the plan is for him to go to the fed and like do a year there and then come back to AW and just be like ultra heel, win the world title. And like, and that's the plan. Then like, 
I'm okay with it in the long term, like because it's it accomplishes its job. It makes him hated because I would hate him at that point. I would. Yeah. Um, and I said I would never hate Cody Rhodes, but I would probably I would definitely not be cheering Cody Rhodes at that point. Now, um, I'll be honest, they I would feel the exact same unless they put him against Roman immediately and had him being like, "You're everything I hate about this place." You know what I mean? Um, I would actually freaking love that. <laughs> well, so here's the thing. I wouldn't care less what he's doing there or how it's spun when he's there. They've done that type of shtick in the past where they know people hate Roman and they know that, like for me, Roman Reigns, no matter how good his stuff is now, Roman Reigns will always be the embodiment of everything I hate about that place. Not to echo what you said, but that's legitimately how I feel about Roman Reigns. Yeah. I don't I don't care how good his heel run has been as the tribal chief. Anytime I see Roman Reigns, I just think about how I'm no longer a fan of that company. And I think yeah. of all the things that that company did to lose me as a fan and as a customer. And I think... Like, I don't care if Cody goes there and does that because they know that people feel that way about Roman and they would put Cody in that spot where it would make Cody very like they would want the AEW fans to come over and watch WrestleMania. That's the whole reason why they would sign Cody, um, which I would yeah. not I would not be following Cody uh, there. That is the one place I cannot follow him. That is uh, he's Anakin turning to the dark side. and I'm Padme. Like, I'm not going that I'm not going down that road, bro. Yeah. Uh, you're going to have to choke me till you know i lose the will to live which that's just the way it's gonna be it's the way it's gonna be um i would say this you know to aw fans out there who are you know like me that big fans of cody um be grateful for what we have because you know what cody's been gone since january um we've had two months of aw without him and the show's done just fine. You know, I, in fact, since he's been gone, I would say that they are on a hot streak right now of great dynamites. So, yeah, you know, all we can do is kind of watch and wait and see what happens. Um, I really hope that he doesn't do that and, and tarnish his good name, but at the end of the day, it is what it is. Um, I guess we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Now, my question for you, Jeff, is do we do an emergency podcast Monday night if Cody shows up in Jacksonville? Oh, absolutely. 100%. Okay. okay. Well, then we will. Hopefully, we are not doing an emergency podcast Monday night. No. Not yeah. that I don't love doing the podcast, but I don't, you know, it's not going to be a fun podcast. That's for sure. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's. That's Code Watch 2022. Um, it's where we're at right now. Are there dates coming up to keep in mind where, you know, if Cody doesn't show up at Jacksonville? I mean, obviously, WrestleMania is in a few weeks, and ROH is Super Card of Honor is on April 1st. Those are both two dates where if we don't see Cody on Monday, maybe we see Cody those days. I don't yeah. know. Um, we're in this together. Yeah. So something just came back to me uh, that, I forgot earlier and it like flew out of my brain, but it just came back. So I didn't actually witness the, the, uh, the butch thing or the biggie thing. 
I happened to tune in right afterwards for a Ricochet match. And it was Ricochet versus Sami Zayn for the Intercontinental Championship. And in the 30 seconds of me tuning in, I heard Michael Cole say that Ricochet got his inspiration for all of his moves from Johnny Knoxville watching Jackass as a kid. What a load of bullshit. That might have been the dumbest thing I've ever heard come out of Michael Cole's mouth, but there's been a lot of them. And I just can't believe that they even imagined to try to tell us that Ricochet idolized Johnny Knoxville. And it, that it really, I was like, I turn, I tune in for the first time in weeks and I hear this in 30 seconds. And then 30 seconds later is when my phone started blowing up like yours with the butch stuff. And then a minute later I'm getting the biggie stuff. You know what I mean? I was like, my God. Right. Was, but yeah, I, I can't believe Michael Cole even fathomed saying that. Yeah, I mean, that's it's what's to be expected from <laughs> from that. But yep. All right. So, uh, you got anything else for us? I think that's uh, almost wrapping it up. Huh? So, last little thing, last little segment. Uh, right. What was your favorite thing? Ah, that's right. in professional wrestling this week. Well, considering that I made the thumbnail and I actually went over everything that happened this week to try to figure out what I wanted to put on that thumbnail. Um, and I did go with Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy's reunion there. So I do believe that is my favorite thing of the week. Yeah. You know, I, I agree completely. Um, I, I think <laughs> this segment's a lot more fun when we both just like have different things to put in. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I think Jeff Hardy coming out and just the emotional, awesomeness of it having the music you know saving matt even the it was even funny because he had to do his dance as he went down to the ring even though matt's getting his ass kicked um (laughs) it was yeah it was all around it was a fantastic thing and you know the hardy boys are back yeah absolutely hardy boys are back and they are in their team extreme gear too uh if you caught a glimpse of them on rampage yeah, I did. It was cool. Right on. Now, if I were to go all the way back to Sunday, if we're going to include Revolution, I actually would have a different answer, which would be the entire dog collar match with CM Punk and MJF. Uh, the moment where Wardlow could not find that ring was just, oh, my God. Whoever, Whoever had the whole idea for that particular moment of him coming out and looking for the ring and not being able to find it. That was just buttercream icing on my cake. You know what I mean? I like buttercream. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We were talking about revolution too. I mean, if we include revolution in the past week, which I mean, it's technically you could, it's been seven yeah. days. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd probably pick something from revolution. Um, I might agree with you with the CM punk. I mean, William Regal too. Oh God. Yeah. It was a it was a really really awesome week if you're a professional wrestling fan. You know, it was a good week when you have a very hard time figuring out what you thought was the best, you know, moment. 
Yeah, I mean, because there was a lot of great stuff on Rampage too, and Dynamite as well. It's it it, it was not an easy dis, you know decision. Oh my god, dude! Somebody just posted a picture on Twitter that makes things even worse for Butch. Oh, I forgot about this. So there's a dude named Tony D'Angelo in NXT, and he plays like a mobster dude who like you know gets rid of people in his trunk. Mm-hmm. And he held a funeral for Pete Dunne like three weeks ago. And now it all makes oh, sense, yeah. dude. There was a coffin in the ring. There was pictures of Pete Dunne and everything in the ring. Oh, my God. That's, a, that's amazing. Yeah, Pete Dunne's dead, man. God, I fucking hate them. <laughs> yeah, well, so uh, do you have anything else? Uh, anything else you want to add? No, that's it. That just ruined my night. <laughs> well. Oh, we don't do that. We just had a really fun show. <laughs> oh, we did. We did. Yeah, we did. It was a great time. You know, thanks everyone for tuning in live. Um, we had this has been episode here. 13. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Send hook. Uh, this has been episode 13 of the broken tables podcast. If you, uh, if you enjoyed the show, well, why don't you hit that like button, subscribe button, leave us some comments. Um, we would really appreciate it. Absolutely. I do appreciate that as well. Um, you have yourself a good night, my friend. You do the same. I appreciate it. Catch you guys later. Peace.